We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Well, hey, we're kicking off part one of a four-part series called I Want to Believe, But. I want to tell you a little bit of where we're going to go in this series because I believe that there are many here today, many listening, and many people that you know that really want to believe God but have a hard time. So many people that have trouble believing in God. But I don't believe that most of them are rejecting God. But what I've found is most people believe a false perception of who God is, a distorted view of God, maybe because of their upbringing, maybe because of some learned behaviors, or maybe because of a professor that shoved something down their throat in college. See, when your belief is off, your thinking is off, and your, li- your lifestyle is off. What you believe affects the way you think and the way that you live. So our belief system that each and every one of us have is very vital to our relationship with God. We're going to go on a journey here for the next four weeks, and I want to let you know kind of where we're going to go, because as I read some titles for the next three weeks, there's going to be some individuals that you think of that, oh yeah, that I remember, they, they said that to me, they, I, I need to invite them, they, they need to hear this message. Or maybe it's you sitting here today, and you say, man, I've had a hard time believing in God, and there's been some things that have happened in my life, and some circumstances, and some losses, and I have fears, and I have doubts, and I have unbeliefs. And I want to encourage you to be here for these next four weeks, because I believe that if that is you, that God is going to speak to you in a way that he never has before. Next week, we're going to dive into a topic called, title rather, of a message called Goosebump God. Goosebump God. These are the people, they want to believe, but they just don't feel God. I got to feel him in order to believe it. I, I'm moved by my emotions, and if I don't feel him in church, then I don't feel that he's real in my life. Following week, we're going to tackle a title called Heartless God. These are the ones you want to believe, but how can you believe when you see so much heartless acts of violence and evil in our world? How can I believe when I see hungry children dying every day? How can I believe when I see a terrorist kill innocent people. We're going to talk about heartless God, and then week four, we'll close it out with probably one of my favorite messages in the series called Killjoy God. These are the individuals who say, man, I don't want nothing to do with God because it's just all about a a list of rules and regulations, and it's just all religion, and I want to have fun in life. You think God doesn't want you to have fun, so you, you want to believe, but You don't want to be part of some legalistic system that judges you every time you walk through the doors. But today we're going to move forward and we're going to kick off our topic today. I want to ask you a question. How many of you grew up in an era where when you wanted to watch TV, 
And when you wanted to change the channel on the TV, you had to get up from the couch and actually go change it with a dial. Now, for all my millennials and Generation X and Y and Z and all that, you guys don't even know what I'm talking about. Okay, we're so spoiled now with all the technology that, that we can't even comprehend that, what do you mean you got to get up? What do you mean, you, you would, I got to move? Like, no, I'm glued to the couch for the next few hours. Not if you wanted to change the channel. So, so, so here, I need to identify who I'm talking with. Are, are you ready for this? Now, you're going to tell your age here, but it's okay. It's okay. We're in church. We don't judge you. Come on, hit your name and say, we ain't going to judge you. How many grew up in an era with these TV shows? Are you ready? Love Boat and Fantasy Island. Where you at? Where you at? The teenagers are like, what? I know Survivor. I know Bachelor. What's that? What about Happy Days in Laverne and Shirley? Where you at? Come on. Some of you are too young. You're raising your hand. You're like, ah. What about Charlie's Angels and Cheers? Oh, come on now. You know what I'm talking about. And this is my mama. This is, she's right here. This is one of her favorites. I caught you walking down the aisle, mama. This is one of her favorite shows we used to watch as a kid, Little House on the Prairie. Some of y'all still watch it, right? How many remember those days when TV was halfway decent and they weren't showing all the goodies? Come on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that, that's when TV was decent to watch. And you know, some of you can't relate, but some of you can. But just to let you know, these were the days when you actually had to be in front of the TV if your show was coming on at a certain time. So Friday night, 7 o'clock, if Little House was coming on, you had to be on the couch in front of the TV to watch Little House on the Prairie, Michael and Laura, right? Did I get it right, Mom? Okay. We got it right. Michael Landon was his real name. What was his TV name, Mom? Charles. There we go. Some, someone knows it. <laughs> Those were the days when you, you, you couldn't just record it, right? You actually had to be in front of the TV, and then if your favorite show went off, guess what? Dad would send me, hey, Jacob, go change the dial. <laughs> go to Channel 4. Our other show's coming off. Those were the days where you had to watch every commercial. There was no fast-forward button. Um, Now, we live in a different era, don't we? We live in a different era where we 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 can have everything we need with the press of a button. The on-demand button. Someone say on-demand. And we can press that button and we can binge watch any favorite show we want to for hours. I mean, I find myself... Pressing the on-demand, watching Prison Break for hours, y'all. Oh, come on. This service knows what's up. First service was like two claps. If you ain't watched Prison Break, you ain't saved yet. Like, why is our pastor telling us to watch Prison Break? Isn't that wrong? Hey, don't judge me. You be watching Baywatch. I just read the book. You know what I'm saying? Some of you get that on the way home. There is no book. Oh, we have fun, man. We have fun. We live in a different world where everything is on demand. Actually, this culture has labeled this the on-demand generation. 
Because they want everything now, and they want it fast, and we're not going to wait. I mean, my gosh, we can download an app in 1.2 seconds, and if we go to Burger King and it takes longer than a minute and a half to get our biggie-sized fries and drink that will make us biggie, then we, <laughs> then we get upset, right? Right? We get upset because we're in this on demand generation because we want it now and we want it fast, right? And a lot of times we give up on God because we treat him like an on-demand God. God, I prayed. You didn't answer. God, I, I gave in the offering and I thought at least by now, seven days later, I would have my harvest. God, I prayed to get healed, but I'm, I'm not healed. I'm actually worse. And, and many of us, including myself, have treated God like this on-demand God that we can just press the button and he does whatever we want. Like he's this some genie in the sky that we rub or this some cosmic Coke machine that we put a coin in and get out our blessing right away. Huh? God, I, I, I prayed for my family member not to die of cancer but they died why god i i went to counseling i i we talked to people and tried to help our marriage but we ended in divorce why 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 didn't you do that god i want to believe but there's that big but that we all have i am setting you up to laugh today this is the comedy barn today. Hmm? God didn't do it. I, I want to have a baby. Everyone else is having a baby, but I can't have a baby. Why, God? Why, God? We want an on-demand God, but the problem is, the problem is this. When God doesn't do what we think he should do, some conclude God is not real. God is not powerful enough to heal. God is far from me. He doesn't care about me. God is not good. When we treat him like an on-demand God and he doesn't do what we want, when we want him to do it in our timing. Can I newsflash you? Most of the time when we pray, our answers are not in our timing, but always in his timing. Yeah. But where's my on-demand God? He doesn't exist. He, he, he doesn't exist, friends. And here's what we need to understand in the big picture of God, creation, and eternity. And it's this thought today. God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. See, 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 see. Some of you have a warped view of who God is. Well, it's just, he's just my... He's just my holy sugar daddy. It's true. I just go to him when I'm in trouble, when I want something. But that's the reason why you're not growing in your faith. That's why you're struggling with the same stuff. That's why your marriage sucks. Can we say that in church? Well, we can in this church. Because you treat God like your sugar daddy. Treat him like that genie. I'll, I'll rub God when I need him and I'll make my wish. I put the coin in the cosmic Coke machine and I expect something back, God. And if I don't get it back, I'm not coming back to church. 
I'm not lifting my hands in worship because you didn't hear my prayer. On-demand God doesn't exist. We exist to serve him. He is the main character in the Bible. He is. So if on-demand God doesn't exist, then who is God? Who wants to know that? Nobody? Okay, you're dismissed. <laughs> who, who wants to know who God is? I got three characteristics today I want to talk about who God is. Number one, God's heart is always loving. You need to understand God's heart is always loving. How many parents do I have in here today? How many parents? How, 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 many, how many parents in here, um, there's times when you don't give your kids what they want? Now, I'm not talking about the kids that spo- the parents that spoil their kids and give little Johnny every piece of candy he wants. Let him stay up as late as he wants whenever he wants. That's not a parent. You're a best friend to your kid. And that's not what the Bible calls parents to do. I get a kick out of people putting on social media, this is my best friend. No, you're supposed to be a mother and a father, not a best friend to your child. Because you're supposed to say stuff that they're not going to like. And you're not supposed to give them everything they want. Well, my job is to provide. It is to provide, but not to spoil them rotten so they have horrible character, horrible attitudes, and don't have any people skills because you give them everything they want. I didn't mean to preach or step on your toes, but we're already there. Let's have church. (laughs) Smile real big. Just smile. Just smile. You see, see, nowadays you get time out. Little Johnny, no YouTube for 23 minutes. You punched your sister in the face. You said a curse word. No, YouTube. When I was growing up, you didn't have time out. You had knocked out. These two people right here, stand up. Stand up, mom and dad. They knocked me out. I turned out pretty good, though. After 22 years, it took me a while, but you know what I'm saying? We were cleaning out some stuff at their house recently, and we, we ran across what's called the board. <laughs> and I'm going to bring, I'm going to preach a whole message on it. I'm preparing it. Just get ready. It's probably in September when I do the parenting series. I can't wait. And we ran into this board, and this was the board that me, Isaac, and Joel got whooped with. Now, I got whooped more than any of them. I'll just tell you the truth, because they learned how to get away with stuff. When I got caught, they're like, okay, we don't do that, because <laughs> Jacob got caught. And I got whipped with this board, and for, Dad made this board, right? You made it out of oak. Not pine, oak. And Mom got a bright idea. Let's stencil a few Amish people on it with the heart in between them. <laughs> what? So I grew up disliking the Amish. They heartless. They ain't got no heart. They whooping me. Dad would... Jacob, go to your room. I knew I had 60 seconds, right? Talk about time management. This is where I learned time management. I had 60 seconds from the time he told me to get to my room to stuff my butt with all kinds of underwear and shirts so that when he came and he whipped me, I didn't feel it as much, right? I got away with it a few times, but I would, I would go like this, and he would say, bend over, and I was like, oh, Jesus, don't do it, Dad. And he would tell me these words, but I love you, so I have to. And I remember telling him, no, Dad, if you love me, you won't do it. Don't beat me. Don't do it. It's child abuse. (laughs) Nowadays, if we do that, forget it. We're all locked up. Dear God, the neighbor's calling the police and child services. Can't even discipline your kids nowadays without someone freaking out. That's why we got a bunch of brats running around. 
but not your kids. Go ahead, say, not my kids. Go ahead, go. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people listening to the podcast in China. And, and I'll, never for, I'll never forget, man, those, those whoopings. I hated them at the time, but they helped me in my future. Now, they loved me, but they didn't always give me what I wanted. God loves you, but he doesn't always give you what you want. Why? Why? Because there's some things that your heavenly father knows that you don't know. I thank God that he didn't answer every prayer that I prayed because I wasn't ready for some of the things I prayed for. I thank God there was a delay. There was a denial on some of the prayers that I prayed because I was foolish in praying them. I wasn't ready for that next level. I wasn't ready for that season. Huh? God has this love for you. He ha- always has this love for you. And, and just because God can doesn't mean he will. Because God, just like a parent, is developing that child. A parent one day will send those children out. The Bible calls children like arrows in the hands of a mighty man. And one day, one day we're going to shoot the arrows out into the world. They're going to go off to college. I know a tear is welling up in some mom's eye right now. But they're going to leave. You got to prepare them and you got to mold them and you got to shape them so they go far when you shoot them out. And you got to build character and you got to put God's word in them. And sometimes it means saying no. Sometimes it means you love them enough to, to watch them and to help them develop into the man or woman of God they're called to be. This is good preaching today. Romans 8 35 says, Can anything ever separate us from God's love? Does it mean. He no longer loves us if we have trouble. Got any trouble? Got any trouble? Got any hurts, hang-ups, or habits? Come on, got some trouble in your life? Does it mean that he doesn't love us if we have trouble, calamity, or persecution, hunger, destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? No, 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 no. Nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Not financial trouble, not cancer, not depression, not wayward children. Nothing can separate you from God's love. David said, if I make my bed next door to hell, God, you're going to be there with me. I may not understand everything, but God, your love is going to be there to rescue me, to pick me up when I get in trouble. I thank God he picked this guy up when I was in trouble. When I turned my back on him and I went my own way and I should be dead because of all the stuff that I went through, I thank God that his love found me in the mess of my life. Are you grateful for it today? Come on. I love it goes on. He's answering the question. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Verse 37. No. Someone say no. 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 Nothing. Nothing. Someone say nothing. Someone say nada. Nothing. Despite all these things. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. What is our victory hinged on? Our obedience or God's love? Now, there are blessings to obedience. We know that. Just talked about that in the offering. There are blessings to that. But your victory, my victory, is hinged on one thing and one thing alone. The love of God. That he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You'll leave him. I'll leave him. But he'll never leave me. He'll always be there no matter what. 
See, God doesn't prove his love when he answers prayers. God proved his love when he sent his son to the cross. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, some of you need to hear that today. He doesn't prove his love when he answers every prayer. Because we Have you ever asked a foolish prayer and regretted that it came out of your mouth? Like, God killed my wife? <laughs> some of you are like, I prayed that last night in bed. <laughs> I'm just playing. I've never prayed that, but your struggle's your struggle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? You know what? You know what? There were some prayers that I prayed, man, that I wish I could, would have never prayed in my life because I wasn't ready for that next season. I thank God he blocked some prayers. But he, he doesn't prove his love when he answers my prayers. He already proved his love on that cross. Over 2,000 years ago, he said, Jacob, while you were doing your thing, Come on, anybody ever done their thing? I'm going to go out and do my thing. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody does. I'm going to live me. I'm going to do me, right? While you're out doing you, I'm going to die for you. Wow. 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 Somebody get excited about that. So the first thing, God's heart is always loving. Second thing is God's ways are always higher. Say that with me. God's ways are always higher. As a pastor, there are so many things that I wouldn't even attempt to explain. How do you explain what's been happening in our world? How do you explain innocent little kids dying at the hands of an evil dictator? Huh? How, how do you explain someone young who dies, and I'm sitting there talking to the family, doing the funeral. How do you explain a teenager's death? Huh? We've had some recently in our community. Just how do you explain that? How do you explain these terrorist attacks? How do you explain a child born with medical conditions? How do you explain it? How do you, how do you explain someone who as a child was innocently abused? Innocent child abused and takes it with them for 30, 40, 50, even to the grave. All through their life they're impacted. How do you explain that? You can't. You can't. Sometimes I don't have answers. I love God's word because he says this to help us in those moments. Isaiah 55 and 80 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. There's another scripture that says the secret things belong to the Lord. I know that there's an evil devil that's out on this earth because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Because sin is on the earth, I know evilness will be present, but I know that there's a good God, that no matter what I face, no matter what you face, that God is always there with you, and his ways are always higher than yours. I've been through some valleys, some dark valleys in my life. I've been through some times where people have misused and abused me and persecuted me and lied about me. I've been through some physical battles in my body, times when I didn't want to live. I've been through some low times. And as I journeyed through those times, I can rewind and look back. And now I embrace those moments because I realize God had a purpose for my pain. He has a mess for your message. God's not giving up on you. His ways are higher. And through the pain, he will develop you and he will mold you and shape you into the man or woman of God you're called to be. You see, what I've learned is sometimes God has to do a work in me before he does a work through me. 
You see, I wasn't ready for this stage three years ago because I had to go to New Jersey for eight years to be prepared. I wasn't ready for it. I couldn't handle the pressures. Some of you think, man, it must be easy. You just get up there every week in 30 minutes. You preach both services. Man, you got the life. What are you doing? Going out to Don Poncho's and playing golf every day? I wish. This is a very small portion of my responsibility. You know what we're doing? We're praying for you and your family when you call. We're believing God for your miracle and your breakthrough. We're crying with you. We're mourning you. We're marrying your kids. We're burying people. That's, that, that's what the ministry is. And, and, and the pressures of, of the financial pressures, like, like, like I don't know if you're going to give every week. I'm just being honest. You could come up one week and just be like, we're not giving it. It could mess up our whole budget. And we had this plan. We had that plan. And, you know, the faith that you got to have, the belief. I mean, you know, I know we're not supposed to worry, but these are things that I, wor- I think about. I play Monday morning preacher. Some of you heard of Monday morning quarterback, right? I play Monday morning preacher, all the things I should have said, I shouldn't have said. Man, the finances were way down. Why? You know, how are we going to pay for this? I mean, you got one AC unit, we got like 20. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but we got a mess of them. Your AC bill's 100 bucks, ours is 1300 You know what I mean? Just, you don't think about that stuff. You know what I mean? And, and, and so I would have never been prepared for this moment if I wouldn't have went through some hell. See, some of y'all thought Jersey was just a a great place and yay, happy clappy for Jacob and Tara. They're on TBN. They're at an 8,000-member church pastoring. All this good stuff's happening. And there was some great things. Don't get me wrong. God brought us out there for just uh, some amazing stuff. But there was a lot of low valleys. David, David was in a similar valley. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because, God, you're with me. You will never leave me nor forsake me. In the middle of my valley, God, you are there. I always say this. It's not what you go through. It's what you grow through. So if you find yourself in a valley, man, the richest soil is found in the valley in between the mountains because the rain comes down off the mountains and it brings nourishment to those plants. And the richest soil is found in the valley. Oh, it stinks in the valley. It's hard in the valley. But God will produce something mighty and great. Because you're not staying in the valley. Notice what David said. Don't stay there. Don't camp out. Don't put up a tent. Don't build an arbor. Come on, somebody. Don't build on to your deck. You're not staying there. You're going to walk through this. Oh, I want you to hit your neighbor right now and say, you're walking through this. You're walking through this. This is for somebody today. God's heart is always loving, number one. Number two, God's God's ways are higher than the last thing. God's presence is always enough. God's presence is always enough. David said, I've had some low times, made some bad decisions, right? Committed adultery, had the dude killed, his wife. wife. I've done some dumb things in my life, but God, your presence has never left me. In the darkest of valleys, I know that you're going to be there with me. Though trials will try us, though evil will try to get us to fear, God is near. His presence is enough. You see, when things aren't going going good in our lives, the temptation will always be to trust in other things besides God. The temptation will always be to trust in something else, someone else. Trust in your bank account. Trust in your job. Trust in your marriage. Trust in your family. 
That will be the temptation, but you need to realize that God's presence is enough for you to walk through this. You're going to walk through it. You're going to walk through You're going to grow through it, and you're going to be stronger than you were before. I know it looks like it's over. It looks like it's crumbled. I've been there. Like, there's, there's no way, God, I can make it through. This is it for me. I, I can identify with you, but you're, you're, you're getting stronger. See, I'm amazed that when you work out, and I haven't worked out in a while, but I still have my membership <laughs> and my T-shirt and the free pizza first Monday of every month. But in order to build muscle mass, you have to tear down the muscle first in order for growth to take place. See, some of you are like, I'm, I'm tore up, man. My marriage is tore up. My finances are tore up, man. My life's tore up. Oh, no, 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 no. God's just building something stronger and bigger inside of you. You see, because the God that's in you is bigger than the devil that's trying to take you out. I feel that for somebody today. They all seen the same giant. They all looking at the nine foot giant Goliath. All of the army, all of David's brothers, even David, they all seen the same giant, but David just seen something a little different. His perspective was just a little different. He's seen that tall Goliath, but he also seen that my God is bigger than the Goliath that's trying to take me out. That my God, who was with me in the wilderness, who was with me when I killed the bear, when I killed the lion, is the same God who will deliver me right now. He'll never fail me. His presence is more than enough. Stand on your feet today. My God, I'm not out of word, but I'm out of time. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball, you've taken some wrong turns, you've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, And the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me in Jesus' name. It's simple as that. And I encourage you to find a good local church. If, if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.